Welcome to Preach the Word Podcast. My name is Ashton McDonald, and I am your host. Today's episode is a sermon that was shared by Pastor Shad McDonald on August 14th of 2022. We have several scripture readings today, beginning in Matthew chapter 27, verse 32, also Mark chapter 15, verse 21, also Luke chapter 23, verse 26, and lastly, Romans chapter 16, verse 13. The sermon is titled, Crosses Are Not Losses. If you would like to stay up to date with the most recent episodes of the podcast, please subscribe. You can also share an episode with friends or with family by tapping the share button. And if you would like to contact us, you can do so by emailing preachthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Be encouraged today as Pastor McDonald admonishes us that crosses are not losses. Thank you for listening. Matthew chapter 27, and notice verse 32. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. Single verse, so let's read it again. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. Now quickly, the 15th chapter of the Gospel of Mark, and I want you to see the text there. Mark 15 and note verse number 21. And they compel one, Simon a Cyrenian, who passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. And now to the third gospel, the gospel of Luke, chapter number 23, and down to verse 26. And as they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country. On him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. And now quickly to the book of Romans in chapter number 16 and verse 13. Paul is making his closing remarks to the church at Rome. And in chapter 16 verse 13, salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, his mother and mine. If the Lord would stand by me, I want to title these texts, Crosses Are Not Losses. One person said, The cross is God's plus sign to humanity. I am so glad that God sent His Son to die on a cross to be our Savior. Oftentimes we look at crosses with a sense of negativity. We look at it to be a subtraction from our lives. 
But tonight, if you'll allow me, please, I want to cause you to understand with me that crosses are an addition to our life that multiplies God's goodness to our hearts and lives. There's often times in our life that we feel imposed upon. We feel that somehow life itself has imposed upon us. And we feel that we are taken advantage of even. And perhaps that's the way this Simon of Serene felt. As he goes to the Passover. And he is a passerby. But little did he know he was soon going to be a participant. And I want you to see, first of all, how bloody the cross he shouldered. How bloody the cross he shouldered. He comes to Jerusalem at Passover. Now, he came from Serene. That is modern-day Libya. That is on the northern Mediterranean coast of Africa. This is a trek that took months and months and months. Depending on where in Libya he resided, this was as much as a thousand miles. Now remember, there was no quick transport in that day. Maybe a foot, perhaps on camel, but nevertheless, this was a once-in-a-lifetime pilgrimage that he made, this Simon of Serene. We do not know his nationality. He may have been a displaced Jew whose family had migrated to northern Africa sometime before. He may have been a national of that foreign country. We don't know his lineage we don't know anything about his occupation, but we do know this. He carried a cross. And the thing that leaves him indelibly inscribed in our mind is he is the man that bear the cross after Jesus. Notice the unexpected cross that confronted him. He was on his way to the Passover and he met the Passover lamb. Hallelujah. He was on his way for this once-in-a-lifetime religious observance. I think it'd be very easy for us to say that he was of Jewish faith. He was of Jewish belief. He would no doubt have not been there if it were not that he was a believer in the Jewish customs. I do not think that it was commerce. I do not think that it was of, God, of greedy gain that he would come to Jerusalem at this time of religious festival. I believe he was there to observe the feast of the Passover. And as he comes, he's suddenly confronted with an unexpected cross. It happens that way. We don't plan on them. We do not subscribe for one. We do not ask for one. We do not say, I think I want to have a cross for Monday. I think I'll order one for next Friday. They come upon us unannounced, 
and of course, unwanted. There are things that we face in life that really there's no rhyme or reason. There's no way that we can ascribe and ascertain of exactly why it happened. But I think that if you'll follow along in this story, what we think may have been coincidence was divine providence. And so here's this man, Simon a Cyrenian, that comes to Jerusalem at the time of Passover. And there's this unexpected cross that is confronting him now. And then by and by, it's an unwanted cross that was carried by him. Now remember, there was much uh, emphasis put on being ceremonial clean to observe the Passover. There was much emphasis put on everything being just right so you could watch the Passover and come close to that religious observance. But now with this bloody shoulder, now with this bloody coat now with the blood of this man that is to be crucified upon his clothes he is now ceremonial unclean and he cannot participate and go to the Passover everything that he had worked for that he had planned for that he had saved for in a moment it is taken away from him you see it was his will to go to the Passover. But it was God's will for Simon to bear a cross. Hallelujah. And oftentimes in life, the thing that I want to do, I perhaps may not get to do. But Christ in the garden had already previously prayed, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Have you come to that place of nevertheless? Have you come to that place that you resigned all? That you accept his divine will and you're willing to say, not my will, but thy will be done? The scripture there says that they compelled him. It's something that he would have gladly refused. It's something that he would have <coughs> that he would have preferred for another. It's something that he would have said, you know what? I think I'll pass. I think I'd rather just not get involved in that. How bloody the cross he shouldered. Not only how bloody the cross he shouldered, but now how burdensome the cross he shared. Notice the scripture makes it explicitly clear, clear rather, that he followed after Jesus to bear that cross. He's close to the Lord now. He had come from Libya to Jerusalem to observe the Passover. And little did he ever know that he would follow in the footsteps of the Lamb of God. You see, in cross-bearing the fellowship of Christ, he felt so close. Now he's near to the Son of God. Paul likewise said that I may know him 
in the fellowship of his sufferings. That's how we know him is in suffering. A lot of people say they want to know him, but are we willing to know him in suffering? Are we willing to know him with a bloody shirt? Are we willing to know him with a cross on our shoulder? The fellowship of Christ, he felt so close. He's nearer to Christ than the disciples that Jesus had called. He's nearer to Christ than those that had benefited by his blessings. He's nearer to Christ than those that had been healed by him. He's nearer to Christ than the multitude that he had fed. He's nearer to Christ than the blind eyes he had opened. He's nearer to Christ than the leper he had cleansed. He's nearer to Christ than the lame he had made to walk. But now Simon is near to Christ because he bears the cross of Christ. May I say please that oftentimes <coughs> we want to make the claim that we are his disciple. But Jesus said if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Follow me. So what I want to know is, rather than you make a claim that you are a follower of Christ, is there any blood on your shirt? Is there any blood on your shirt from where you've carried a cross? Simon left that Passover festival that day with a bloody shirt and bloody shoes. He followed in the footstep of Christ and he followed Jesus. When Jesus fell under the weight of that cross, a Roman centurion pulled Simon out of the crowd and said, you bear this cross. And Simon got under the load of that cross and he carried that cross in the footsteps of Jesus. Jesus is beaten, bruised, and bloodied. The blood runs down his face, off of his back, the lacerations, the torn flesh from the scourging he has received. And Simon bears the cross of Jesus. When Jesus fell under the weight of that cross, and the blood of that cross is now on Simon's shoulders, the blood of that cross is on Simon's shoes. Anybody going to help me while I preach? I know, I know we say we're Christians, but is there any blood on our shoulders? Is there any sign? Is there any witness that we are bearing the cross of Christ? I think that we live in the most selfish, the most self-indulgent, and the most self-centered age that's ever been. <laughs> it seems like that we have no time to help anyone bear their cross. We think of everything as an imposition. We think of everything as a crisis. We think of everything as a problem. Everything is a difficulty. Everything is too much of a burden to bear. Everything is too much of a problem. 
problem for us. But very honestly, friend, is there any blood on our shirt? Is there any blood on our shoulder so that we have helped someone carry a load? Can you imagine Simon that day as he looks and he sees what the Romans have done to that man? And he wonders, what awful crime has he committed? What awful deed has he done? What could this man have done to deserve such an awful scourging? And now they've condemned him to be crucified. But nevertheless, Simon don't know anything about this man other than he has fallen underneath the weight of his cross. And Simon gets under the load and he follows after the Lord and now the fellowship of Christ is close to him and now the footsteps of Christ are followed so carefully by him he follows in the footsteps of the Savior bearing the cross here is the greatest testament of our faith here is the greatest witness of our belief. Here is where we shine best. Here is where we sing the best. Here is where we show the world that we are really a follower of Christ when we're willing to bear a cross. Only cross bearers will be crown wearers. Everybody wants to wear a crown. Nobody wants to bear a cross. I read once of a minister that walked into a filling station and he was paying for his fuel and he noted on the shelf behind uh, the counter there there was a a long bottle narrow necked and inside of it was a cross and uh, the minister looked at it for a moment and the proprietor saw the man looking at the cross and he reached to the shelf and picked it up and said look there I've got my cross all in a bottle and the minister said, indeed, it was a marvel and a work of art and of consternation even. How could that cross with its extended arms, beautifully ornately carved little cross in that bottle? How did they ever get the cross in the bottle? He said, but then when I left, I mused even more and thought, that's modern day Christianity. We want our cross in a bottle. We want our cross on a shelf. We want our cross as a symbol. We want our cross as something that we can hang on the wall. But we don't want to bear a cross. But must Jesus bear a cross and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for me. I want to say, look around, friend. They may be a cross for you to pick up. Look around, sister. Look around, brother. There may be a cross to pick up. <coughs> when's the last time? When's the last time you woke up to the fact that it's not all about you? Did you ever have a thought that there may be someone that's falling? underneath the load that they're carrying and you could be that one that would help them carry their load 
Did you ever think that maybe the oldest... The burden, the responsibility, the obligation would fit your shoulder if you would try? Rather than say, this needs to be done. Have you ever thought maybe you're the one that needs to do it? Have you ever thought that when the piano needs to be moved, somebody needs to reach for the piano and not just the piano stool? Somebody's got to carry the big load. Somebody's got to get under the weight. And my friend, may I say, there's crosses for all of us to bear. And if I see you struggling, if I feel like maybe the burden of life is more than you can carry, if you'll move over just a little bit, I'll help you carry your load. If you'll move over just a little bit, I'll help you carry your load. Life. <coughs> has its crosses but crosses are not losses crosses are not negative crosses do not subtract crosses are an addition crosses are a means of God adding to and multiplying his grace and goodness to our lives so that he might show his glory I would not be who I am today and where I am today if it had not been for someone being careful and helping me when I was struggling with my load. I need a preacher. I need God to help me preach right now. Help me, Lord. I, I could not have ever come to where I am if somebody hadn't said, you know, Shad might need a little encouragement. He might need just a little endorsement. I'm not saying that we are to pat people on the back when they're wrong. I'm not trying to say that we need to compromise with sin. What I'm saying is all of us have been weak at times. And all of us have areas in our life where we need someone to come help us carry that cross. You're not going to help me while I preach. i got to do this all by myself. You see, the fact of the matter is all of us need that person to come alongside and get under that load with us. Here Jesus the very son of God is failing underneath the load. Here Jesus is struggling with the burden of it. And Simon comes out of the crowd. He's no longer a passerby but he is a participant and he gets under the load of the cross. May I say church may I say brother sister there's somebody that could help if we we could help if we'd just look around there's somebody that needs a little encouragement there's somebody that needs a little lifting up what are you going to do are you going to push them down or are you going to help them carry the load are you going to kick them to the curb are you going to put them out or say hey I know you're under a load I think I'll help you a little bit I think I'll encourage you a little bit I think I'll do what I can to help you bear the load <clears throat> you, you never know what encouragement you can be. Have you have you offered a compliment lately? Have you gave a word of encouragement to anybody? 
Have you, have you said to your companion, I appreciate you. I thank you for what you're doing. I know you work hard. I know you got a lot on you. But I appreciate you. You'd be surprised what a thank you would do. I got married in August of 84. They may have been one, but I don't know if there has. Cook could tell you. I've never got up from the table without saying thank you for this meal. You know why some of you are so quiet? It's because you're way short on helping carry that load. God made your shoulders to carry something. But some of us sometimes get so self-enamored with old number one that we fail to think I might could be an encouragement to that person. A phone call, a text, a pat on the back, a word of gratitude, Something to kind of lighten the load a little bit. Are you helping anybody with their load? Are you helping anybody with their load? Are you helping anyone? You got anything on your shoulder? Are you helping someone carry that cross? How bloody the cross he shouldered. How burdensome the cross he shared. How blessed that cross to his sons. In his heart, it was a moment that was unforgettable. In his home, it left a mark that was unerasable. Come now. In closing. It's Mark that made reference that this Simon who bare the cross after Jesus was the father of Rufus and Alexander. It is in the book of Romans that Paul references Rufus and his mother, and then that little postscript, and mine. This wife of Simon was as a mother to Paul because he references her as the mother of Rufus and mine. She's like a mother to me. It seems as if from what history tells us that this Simon died prematurely. Some say that he was martyred and cut half in two with a saw. But he left two sons. And their names was Rufus and Alexander. 
And they were noteworthy and of prominence in the church at Rome. And that's why they're included in Mark's gospel. Because while Matthew's gospel was to the Jews, Mark's gospel was to the Gentiles. And Mark's gospel went to Rome. And Mark wants you to know there's two that are in the church at Rome named Rufus and Alexander. And it was their daddy that bare the cross for Jesus. I want to tell you the world may not take note amen that Simon bore a cross but his two boys knew that their daddy bore a cross because daddy come home with a bloody shirt and bloody shoes you remember when you were a kid Simon says remember that Simon says it's easy to get tripped up and tricked you take off and you're you're, you done stepped out, and Simon didn't say. So you guys back up and start all over, Simon says. Rufus and Alexander do not follow Christ and become believers of Christ because Simon says... They are followers of Christ because of Simon's shoulder and Simon's bloody shirt and Simon's bloody shoes. And Simon comes back from the Passover and they say, Daddy, did you get to go to the Passover? No, I didn't get to go. I didn't get to get close enough for that religious observance. But, well, Daddy, what happened to you? Why is that blood on your shirt? And why is that blood on your shoes? Well, son, I was passing by and I was in the crowd and they pulled me in and they put a cross on my shoulder and I followed a man all the way up a hill called Golgotha and they crucified that man that's why I got blood on my shoulders and blood on my shoes and undoubtedly Simon became a believer and then his sons became a believer bishop a man of the church some feel like Rufus was a bishop in the church and Alexander was a Martyr, these two sons followed in faith and they followed the Lord. You know what them boys were saying? It was good for our father and it's good for us. And I want to tell you, God is looking for somebody that'll bear a cross. I wish you'd come preach because I want to shout, Amen, bear your cross carry your cross amen and you won't have to tell somebody how to live they'll follow you and they'll know what to do stand with me all over the house father I thank you for the reading of your word I thank you for your presence I thank you for your holy ghost and lord for the cross that we need to carry for the load that we need to shoulder. Lord, the words that we can say, the kindness that we can show, the compassion that we can exemplify to help lighten someone's load. Help us to indeed be followers of Christ. Bear that cross after Jesus your heads are bowed crosses are not losses it's not that God is taking away 
It's not that God is subtracting. God is only adding. God is making an addition to your life. Amen. Maybe there's a cross in front of you. Maybe there's something that God has made it obvious that's yours to bear. That's for you to carry. And so the record says of our Lord, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. What is your attitude toward the cross in your life? Is it anger? Are you somewhat angry? Because this is your lot? Do you feel like that God has treated you unjust, unfair? God's speaking to somebody in this house here tonight. See, here is your cross. Are you willing to say, not my will, thy will be done? I want to open the altar and I want to do it this way. Brother Shad, tonight I'm coming to make a commitment that whatever cross be mine, I'm willing to accept it. If you're willing to make that commitment, this altar's open. Whatever cross be mine, I will accept it. Pray. 